spring is always my favorite time of year. I guess it's all the, what did I say, time of renewal, rebirth, all the things blossoming, all the flowers and the plants, and more of the sunny skies and the warmer weather starting to come back around. It's always kind of brings me alive a lot of the time. And it's just that process. It's funny, people talk about spring cleaning. You know, it's just like out with the old and with the new. There's this process that we go through, just not only physically in the seasons, and especially, of course, depending on where we live, it's a little more dramatic than other places, depending on whether you have snow or not, or temperature changes and all, and that come along with that. But what really takes place inside of ourselves with all of that? If we really pay attention, we're going to begin to discover more of these, in a sense, seasons that we move through internally, that there literally is this process in which we really move into a time of spring or renewal. Or if we look at it back in the old agricultural ways, you know, there's a time to plant, there's a time to nurture and let it grow, and there's a time to harvest, and then there's a time to just let it be, so to speak. And so we have these seasons inside of ourselves that if we can really pay more attention to that process, it just, one, it's going to make our lives easier even as we live in the world. But remember, our living in the world is just a reflection of what really is going on inside of ourselves and how we choose to participate or whether we choose to struggle and fight that process. We make it easier, we make it hard on ourselves. But there is a natural movement to an unfolding just like we have laws of nature in this world, well, there's movements or laws, if you will, of spirit. And in this process of meditation, we're attempting to awaken to really the greater truth of that movement. What we see in the world around us is just a reflection of what really is moving through the spirit. And so we're gonna see that manifest or reflected into the world in some way or another but if we can begin to really realize more of that outer reflection we see in the world is just really reflecting to us an inner process of life itself, of even the journey of the soul, is we not only go through the seasons, but through the cycles of lifetimes, life after life, that there's always new plantings, new crops, new uprisings, things springing forth, things growing within us. And it is that process of growing that we could often relate to the spirit, that as we grow spiritually, there's going to be a greater newness or at least a renewal of sorts as we continue to awaken more to that movement as it unfolds us. You could say that we are God's plantings. We are God's crop. As God's created us in God's image to give birth to us, well, then here we are now, in a sense, the child of God, or the baby of God if we've just been born, or maybe the adult child as we've been around a while. Some people call them old souls. Some of them are really old. <laughs> Some of them maybe are pretty new and babies. And there is all of that. I literally have witnessed on the inner levels literally new souls that God has created actually just coming into this realm of time and space to just begin their journey through this realm that God has created. And then a lot of those who are attracted to this pathway of sun and light, as we call it, the path of soul liberation, 
is really the older souls that have been around a while. You've matured. Well, it doesn't always look that way. But you've grown. You've matured in a way that you've had life experience and the wisdom that comes with that. Well, it's not about just gaining wisdom. It's really about gaining experience. Just as a child, we're born into this world and we grow up and we have all of our experience. So we come to understand to some degree what life is about physically here. If you really want to know what a metaphor is, look at your physical life. It's a metaphor for the true life of the spirit of who we are. That child of God who we are has a birth into this world and then a completion or a death from this world. But it is that process of lifetime after lifetime that is the growth or the soul having experience to come awake or to grow into the divine. Those of you that may understand some with plants, have you ever noticed trees, flowers, they always grow towards the light? If the sun's over here, they're going to grow at that angle. If it's over here, it's going to grow at that angle. Well, guess what we're doing as a soul? We're actually literally growing towards the light, moving towards that, even when we don't realize it. Because for a lot of us, it's like, well, it's kind of cloudy all the time. Maybe we live in Alaska, you know, where a lot of the time it's just dark. <laughs> but yet we're still growing, not even realizing, well, yeah, there is a sun, there is light on the other side of that darkness, and we're ever growing towards that. And then at some point it does come forward and we become more aware. Just as plants grow and they blossom, that's really what we're doing as a soul, is that we're ever growing and moving towards God and blossoming. That's our awakening that is coming to know that greater truth as that inner light of the divine brings us more awake and we become aware of that. We're going to know not only really our divine origins and begin to, in a sense, return back to that. I say in a sense because the truth is that's exactly what we are doing. But while we're here in the body, it often feels like, well, it's, it feels like it. I have the sense of that. But we don't really know until we have the direct experience. But if we can see our life journey is literally like the seasons and we're growing as a plant would, you're going to see the process of your birth springing forth. And then what's the harvest? Well, the growing is having life experience. The harvest is really the fulfillment of that. When we really begin to fulfill our life experience, well, that's where we find ourselves feeling more complete, content. We've accomplished something. But do we really pay attention to that and give credit to those inner experiences, there's inner knowing. Do we pay enough attention to what we feel, what we think? What are we aware of? Well, what we're attempting to do here on the spiritual journey is pay more attention to that. That's why we call this a path of awakening. It's a process that takes time like the seasons. You can't hurry it. You can't shorten it either. I mean, you can't lengthen it. Well, I guess you could in a way if, you know, you just kind of 
you're not one who's harvested. You just kind of die and go back into the earth and get recycled in it again, and now you're fertilizer for the next crop. Yeah, that's what we call reincarnation, or I like to call God's great recycling program. But regardless of it, there is this process that is important for us to look at and to learn from because it's there supporting us to give us a greater idea of the real journey that we're on as a soul. But at some point, we have to pay more attention to that. A lot of the times we think life is just happening to us. That's when we're really living more unconsciously, unaware, not really present with who we really are as that divine child of God. In spiritual awakening, it takes place by our conscious choosing to participate with that, that it's not just happening to us, but we begin to realize we're the ones who are actually creating it, making it happen. Literally by the existence of who we are as an expression of God's loving. We just may not see it that way while we're asleep in this world. But when we begin a spiritual journey in earnest and really begin to open ourselves, especially through the action of meditation, and we give more of our focus to that spiritual journey that we're on, is when we're really going to begin to awaken and know more of the truth of what that is. A lot of the times we wander around just wondering, feeling lost, literally like a lost soul, wandering, questioning, doubting. What's this all about? Why am I here? Where am I going? What's the purpose of it all? That wandering is not a bad thing. It's just how we feel when we're going through that. But that is a stage in which we begin to really let go of all the attachments and all that we've created in the physical universe so that we can begin to free ourselves to begin to discover something new. Well, this is then after the harvest, the what? The winter season, right? Things die off. We let go. What do you think the whole thing with the Jews wandering the desert for 40 years was about? It often takes 40 years or a couple generations, so to speak, to let a lot of our creations die off, to allow that which we've created, believe me, more than just this lifetime, to not only now spring forth, but then we harvest and we gain the value, the nutrition of that. But then there's the time for letting go, eliminating, and allowing that experience now of the past to really be of the past, that we have gained and have grown from that. But we have to give it acknowledgement. We have to claim that. When we keep choosing to live in a state of unawareness, or unconsciousness, and we don't acknowledge this process that we walk through in life is where, in a sense, we disempower ourselves. We don't allow ourselves to fully embrace that which living life actually is here to serve us, and that it has to give us, to feed us, to nurture us. We have to do that. You can have everything placed before you, the banquet table, placed before you, all the fruits of your labor, all the harvest. 
from the work you've done over all the eons of time. But if you don't partake of that, then you're not going to have that experience and awakening that comes from it. God created us in the image of God. We're learning to be co-creators just as God is a creator. And so to really learn, we have to go about creating and learning from our experience by now partaking in it. In truth, everything has been created. We have all created all that we are to experience, mentally, emotionally, imaginatively, and physically. We have created it. Those of you watching, listening, you have created everything through all your lifetimes. But now is the time to partake of your creations to bring them to fulfillment. You have to now take in. You have to now acknowledge. You have to eat, so to speak. They say, call it eating your karmas, paying off your karmic debts, all these phrases we hear. This is now partaking so that we really learn to be a creator just as God. Why do you think, what do you think really God's doing? God created all. But for God to now learn from God's creation, God has to partake and experience all that God created. So guess who we are? That living, loving essence of God, the soul that God has sent out as the truth of himself to experience his creation, to now learn from it, to partake, to ingest it all. And those aspects of God that is ready to complete from going forth is who we are as we begin that journey of return, of awakening, of acknowledging and embracing all that we've created and put out now we bring back, and it is in our bringing back, our accepting, our taking in that we fulfill ourselves. And in that self-fulfillment, in truth, is that fulfillment of that divine aspect of God of who we are as that living, loving expression. It's a very interesting process, but we often see ourselves as separate, as isolated, well, call it self-centered or selfish. We, you know, it's all about you, as they say. It's all about me. And we often have to take that approach to begin to go through ourselves. But eventually, we've got to go into, through ourselves, and open up to the greater self that is God. There's a way by which this works. But to work it, we, again, not only have to understand the seasons, but eventually we've got to, one, get selfish, to go through self. But then remember, even the individualized self that the soul is is also one with God. So eventually we've got to actually go beyond ourself and into really that greater union and oneness with God directly, if you want to call it the greater self. So eventually we've got to see beyond ourselves as an individual. It's just a very interesting process even trying to describe how it works. But again, if we pay attention, not, 
just to the words that any spiritual teacher shares, but to really go for the essence of the words. Because if you try to think about even what I'm saying now, the mind's going to cause confusion and you're going to have a lot of questions. Because that's what the mind does. But if you can go for the essence of that spirit that is behind the words being shared and allow that part of you to hear, to see, to know that divine movement, well, then you're going to really come to a greater knowing of what the words are trying to express. And that is the deeper listening or the deeper partaking in our life experience that I'm attempting to describe right now. Because in truth, that partaking really is a movement of our loving creativity that we have placed out that now we have to bring back to ourselves to fulfill that, not only of our creations, but to fulfill ourselves through the action of creativity. And it is all done through a great movement of loving. Just as God expressed and created us, so we as co-creators in the likeness of God have also expressed and given creation a bunch of little divine sparks out of us, our children, so to speak. And so as we reclaim all that, in this world we call empowering ourselves, that which goes around comes around. Well, yeah, you want it to come back and you want to now claim it and bring it back in and then stop putting it out unless you want to go for a few more rounds. Eventually, we got to bring it back in till it becomes still and quiet. No more cycling around and around the wheel of reincarnation. But it is in the cycling round and round that we go through the seasons and each time we learn more, we grow more. But at some point, we really do come to completion. But we have gotten so used to that round and round process, quite often unconsciously, habitually, we'll just keep riding it. And that is why I'm saying what I'm saying, that at some point we need to pay attention to these cycles, to these seasons, to see where we are at in our own cycle, in our own season of the journey of the life of our soul, of who we are, whether you're brand new or coming to the end. But again, like I say, if you're on this path to sun and light, this is the pathway of completion where you're now fulfilling. You're not getting rid of, you are fulfilling by partaking and bringing back to you all that you've created to learn the lessons, to be complete and done so that it's a good harvest and you have that sense of completion. And that is where things will really change because you will come to this place where that peace be still and know that I am. We have to come there. We arrive there, but we bring ourselves there. And the claiming of that is empowering ourselves. I cannot say that enough. Because as we do that, we're going to 
have that inner awakening, when we come to that place of stillness, the contentment, the inner peace, the joy, oh, it'll just be right there and you'll know it. You can't miss it. Well, you can, again, if you don't pay attention. That's why I'm saying this. If you think you've got to keep doing more, creating more, oh yeah, express my creativity. Maybe you've done enough of that. Maybe it's time now. Enjoy your creativity. Fulfill it. Acknowledge it. Bring it home. And you'll know, if you don't come to that place of peace and stillness, and there's something always pushing to do more, do more, create more, that's all right too. That's letting you know, oh, there's yet more for me to do. You don't want to avoid that. Because if you haven't had your last harvest yet, your last planting, well, then there's more to do. That is there because literally God has planted that seed within us that God wants fulfilled, that who we are as a soul is here to fulfill that, to fulfill ourselves. But we need to pay enough attention to be aware of that. The more we are, the more ease we're going to find in this movement of our life, of our own journey. All the time I hear people wanting to have greater ease, greater peace. And yet, we are the ones that make it so hard and struggle because we actually create that. We fight against our own creations of what we've put into motion. Not realizing it's our responsibility that not only did we create it, but in us creating it, that is our responsibility now to bring it back to the place of peace and stillness. It's not one of avoiding, it is one of embracing and loving. If we're going to forgive anything, it's forgive ourselves for judging our creations, for judging ourselves for what we've created. And then you'll begin to discover it's really not a hard process. That's why we talk so much about letting go, letting go, letting go. Because we keep trying to do so much, we keep recreating even all the turmoil and struggle, let alone recreating things we think is going to make us happy. Well, if I could just create what? Create another painting, create another child, create another job, create another house. That's going to make me happy. Maybe temporarily as you enjoy your creation. But at some point, you're going to realize, wow, this never ends. This never ends. And you go, I'm getting tired, man. I must be getting old. I don't have the energy to keep up with it. I don't have the energy to do more. Well, pay attention to that because that's really letting you know you really are coming to more of that fulfillment. Or as they say, retirement? Isn't retirement of the golden years? Isn't it supposed to be about enjoying now your life and all the work you've done? Well, that's what really a soul that chooses to get initiated and walk this path of initiation is about. It's about retirement. <laughs> it's about really now embracing 
being grateful for all that you've experienced through the whole life of your soul, not just this life. The life of the soul as it's journeyed through this creation. For the soul truly doesn't die. It is eternal. But there is a beginning and an end in this physical creation. So in that retiring process, it is one now of truly reclaiming, of fulfilling, of restoring, of completing. And to let that be okay. Let it be okay that you're letting go of the attachments in the world. It is not your attachments and the things you're doing in the world that give you your fulfillment. That's why we always desperately try to hang on, thinking we can't live without whatever that is that we're hanging on to. That we think we need this. If we really feel we need something, that's the thing right there to pay attention to. And rather to look at it as a need, start to look at it as, how is this serving me? What have I learned from this? How can I fulfill this? Through loving, accepting, and forgiving. Go for the completions and the fulfillments rather than the neediness to have to, rather than trying to get rid of or to make more of. Isn't it funny? It's always that middle way. Neither this nor that but yet we're going to go do all this and that before we finally realize, oh, what is that middle way really about? The balancing of it all. Well, it's not really even a balancing. We'll just come to a sense of balance just before we complete it. It's about completion. So that we can now rise above it and let all that we've experienced to serve us for the reason that we created it to begin with. And again, you'll know, because you will have that inner peace and contentment when it's done. But then it's up to you to make the choice to really let go and realize that your true fulfillment, your real completion, is going to be in the letting go because then that is where you're really going to now be able to not only let God, as I say, let go and let God, but to really now be restored in God, to move back into that truth rather than this illusion that we're doing here physically, but to move into the truth that is spiritual, that is only accessible by that soul of who we are. We've all heard it. You can't take it with you, right? Whether it's attachments in the physical or the body itself, you can't take it with you. But you can take with you the wisdom of your experience, the gratitude, and the fulfillment of what you have experienced. That we do take with us. That's the real purpose in all of this is to learn from our experience, no matter what that is, the good and the bad, the positive and the negative. That's where our fulfillment is, not in what we've created, 
but what we've learned in our creations. It does take a different focus in how we choose to live. For really with spirit, we have to choose to live internally and let go of that external attachment. We give ourselves the freedom by making those choices. But then what do we do with that? Do we choose to really go and create more in the world? Well, if you're listening here, you know you've got another choice to now rather go back and create within. In other words, create now that place in the inner kingdom where your true home is. Go start painting the walls, hanging the artwork in the inner Go in there, be creative. Heck, we even have guided meditation, Jim did, I think called the sacred place, the sacred space meditation. You go into your inner sanctuary. Well, you might be surprised the day you actually spiritually go to these places because they do exist within our own consciousness. These inner kingdom, these spiritual realms we talk about are very real. They're more real than the physical. So in here we talk about them to give you an idea, to know what to look for, hopefully to inspire that longing inside of the soul that truly wants to not only have the experience of these spiritual regions, but ultimately to really return back into that union with God directly. But I'll tell you what, that inner journey on the way home to that union with God is quite an amazing journey. You think things in this world can be something else. Wait till you experience more in these inner worlds. Some of the sights and the sounds, all we do in this world is try to recreate that and it never matches up to the true beauty and grace we experience on these inner levels. Start making your life more about that inner journey of awakening and that return home to God. You've got to make that the truth for yourself. We are just reading when we do our sound check before you all come in here. We read out of the different ILM books. Today we're reading out of the Love and Loving book and is talking about faith and belief. We have to first allow ourselves to believe that there really is a spiritual kingdom beyond the physical. If we don't do that, we're going to keep the mind closed and not even allow ourselves even the opportunity to experience and to know that there really is something beyond this physical. So once we open the mind by allowing the possibility and believing that there is something beyond this is the first step. But then because it's not of a physical nature, we're like, well, what do I do? How do I go there? Do I have to fall asleep? Do I have to die? Well, yeah, those are a couple ways.
But if we really want to know consciously and to be alive, well, that's where the meditation is really the key in all of this. This action of meditation is about the soul's journey of awakening and return. But even for that to happen, we've got to open those doors, not only through belief, but that action of faith. Okay, God, I, I'm believing you really exist. But if we don't have a faith to propel us, to keep moving forward, to inspire us with that belief, to take action, because we can sit here all day and say, okay, I believe there is a God, I believe there is a God, all right. But then what are we going to do with that? There's got to be a movement, an impetus. And especially as we really begin the journey in earnest, as we keep making the attempt, we keep loving God, we take action, do the meditation. But yet when we feel like nothing's going on, we begin to wonder. We lose faith. Or maybe we've been doing this for years. In the beginning it was all exciting. But then we lose that excitement. And then we start to have those dry spells and we really begin to wonder, okay, it seemed real, but is it now? Have I just been kidding myself all along? Was it all just a big fantasy or a hoax? Oh my God, there's so many things that we're going to come up against inside of ourselves to challenge us. But all those challenges we created on the way into this physical kingdom, and those are all the challenges we have to face on our way out. But each one of those things serve us on our journey. But what makes the biggest difference is how we choose to perceive. That's how powerful the mind can be through belief, through trust, through faith, or the flip side of all that, disbelief, doubt. That power. But is the mind really that powerful? Or is the mind simply a tool that we give power to through the life force, the soul itself. Well, that's the thing we want to pay attention to and are going to learn about through all of this. That we're, who we really are, is the one giving life to all of this. So we've got to walk through all of those belief systems, all the things the mind has created, but we've given the life to as well as all the feelings that we've given the life to, as well as all the fantasies, desires that we've given life to, that we have to wake up or make up for. We've got to make up for it. We've got to wake up through it. And I'll tell you what, one of the biggest games in this world that the Lord of Reflection, Lucifer, has created is that power of that mind to get us to believe. And when we listen to that voice, it is always more of a negative bent 
that always limits us, disempowers us. And when we keep giving our power to that and truly believe all that nonsense, <laughs> but yet everybody's mind does that. I don't know anybody, including myself, that is not the case. The mind is of this creation, so it's always going to be focused down and out. So are the emotions, so is the body. To make us believe it's all about the world, not about the soul, not about God. But if we keep listening to those voices, it's always going to pull us down, keep us trapped, caught up. We'll never believe it's possible. We won't believe it's real. It will even get in the way of our meditation when we truly can begin to waken and see and hear that light and sound of God. And better than that, even move into the experience where it fills us or we literally go out of body. Boy, if you haven't had an out-of-body experience, wait till you do. Because man, not only will it blow your mind and truly transform and change all of your thoughts and feelings around, is this real or not? I hope and wish that for everybody at some point before they die physically so that you really know that truth. Or at the very least, that your spiritual eye opens and you get flooded with that loving, that you know how real it is. Or at the very least in the dream state, that you have one of these dreams that seems so real and all that grace and loving you experience in those dreams that you begin to awaken and know the truth of that. It's important for you to know and understand before that last breath here. Sooner or later, we need to take the action steps to open the doors and allow ourselves to experience truly that which is divine. Doesn't matter how long it takes. Doesn't matter if you just started meditation and you had an experience or you've been doing it for a hundred years, still waiting for the experience. We can learn and grow through it all. We just have to know how to approach it, the right questions to ask that open the doors, and to pay attention to how we close the doors through our thoughts and feelings how we allow ourselves to go into separation and disbelief and how easy it actually is to let that go and open the door back up. It's really not that hard. It's just our attitudes towards it that make the difference. So I hope, if anything, in hearing all this, that you just begin to pay attention. We talk about that. I mean, God, you hear Jim and I all the time say, just pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. Well, hopefully we're doing that a lot when we're meditating especially, let alone when we're just walking around every day with our eyes open. Because if you can pay attention in meditation without all the distractions when our eyes are open, is going to be your best possibility and opportunity to really see and discover and know all of this. 
You can still do it with your eyes open. It's just a little more watered down, so to speak. So in paying attention, if you find yourself, especially the time of springtime, feeling tired, weighted down, things of the past pulling on you, it's a great time to use the outer reflection to serve you, to do some spring cleaning, to let go of whatever that is that you feel or think has been holding you back. Literally, if it's cleaning out the garage or whether it's cleaning out some of the old belief systems or feelings that would weigh you down. Literally, to take a look at that. If you're not one who writes in a journal, get out a journal. Look at it as a process of inner cleaning. Write out all your stinking thinking, as they say, all those negative feelings. Write it all out. And look at it as literally taking things out of the garage and then taking it down to Goodwill or the dump or garage sale or whatever you want to get, let it go. And after you've written it all out, then take that. Make a little ritual. Burn it. Offer it up to God. Flush it down the toilet. Make an airplane out of it and fly it off a cliff. <laughs> Do something as a letting go because we literally have to create the space inside of ourselves to make room for what is next. What do we want to put in there now? And that's why I like this time of year a lot. It is really time to finish the winter and that letting go and that renewal. Putting in now that which you really want to harvest, to plant, to grow. And hopefully it truly is your divinity. If you can really begin to make this action of awakening to God your priority, and one of the ways to do that is to really commit to doing meditation on a daily basis, whether it's half an hour or the two and a half hours we recommend, to really commit to that meditation action, that is the most direct way by which we can awaken and return home. But again, that's up to each of you to do that for yourselves. I'll tell you what, this last month I've been doing exactly that. I have recommitted not just the two and a half hours, many of you have heard me, I commit to three and four hours a day. When I can give myself literally a four-hour block of time, oh, I get in those two and a half hours, but it's that hour and a half after that where the magic happens. That first two and a half hours for me is all about opening the doors, loving God, forgiving, letting go, building that connection, that communion. And once that's established, and we just let go, 
We say, okay, God, I surrender. It's now your turn. It's up to you now. That's the best part. Have you created that space in your meditation for that part? Or do you take the time, whether it's half an hour, hour, hour and a half, two, two and a half hours, where you're the one doing all the talking and walking? You need to do that too. And that often needs to be the first part. But at some point, you need to really give the space for God to do God's part. For me, I'm just slow, so I need more two and a half hours. But boy, when I do that, Believe me, a lot of the time is where I go out of body and have those inner experiences we're all wanting to have. And if I don't, I at least have some pretty darn good dreams. But that's what I've learned for myself. Three to four hours. You say, oh my God, I don't have the time for that. Well, I've got a witness in here today who knows the hours I used to work. And I would still get up between 3 and 4 a.m. to get my three to four hours in before I would get up at 7 a.m. to go get ready to do the day. Find what that is for you. We really have the time. It's just up to us to carve that time out for what is truly most important to ourselves. But we have to start doing that if we really, truly want the results, the benefits that come with that. This is the thing here. In this action that we share in Interlight Ministries, this meditation, this pathway of spiritual awakening, it does take time and effort. Like anything else in this world that we want, we have to learn what it is, We've got to do something to create the experience. It's the same thing here. So if you really want it, we lay out very clearly all the time what it is, what it takes, what to do. And we even offer plenty of time to do questions and answers to help give clarity and understanding so that you can customize it specifically for you. The good news and the bad news, though, it's all up to you to do it. That's good if you're inspired and motivated. That's bad if you're lazy and don't care. <laughs> but eventually you're going to find what do you really care about? What do you care about? What are you doing in your life? Why are you doing it? Take a look. Good journal. Good talk with somebody. What are you doing in your life and why? Does it really serve you? Does it fulfill you? Or are you just doing it because? Begin to look at that. And here's another strange thing. It seems weird actually to do what we're doing here about talking about God and experiencing God and all these things because it has nothing to do with this world. The mind, emotions, and body always have to make it about the world. So what do we often do when we go inside to meditate and pray to God? We try to bring God into the world to make our physical lives better. And that's why a lot of people don't take the time to do the meditation. 
because they're making it all about bringing God into the world. This is not about the world or God in the world. This is about you literally going home to God, getting out of this world, literally. It's a strange thing. I was actually, after I meditated this morning at home, I was actually thinking about this today, like, golly. Man, if there's a hard thing to sell anybody on, it would be this pathway. How can I sell people on God when there's nothing tangible about it in any way, shape, or form? You literally are taking our word at this or somebody's or a scripture. Literally. It's a hope and a wish. That's the reality of it here. It's like a fantasy. It is a fantasy to the imagination. That's why over and over we talk about you have to take action and have your experience to know the reality of it. We can't give that to you. We can't sell you on this. We can't convince you of this. That's up to you. But you don't want to even sell yourself or convince yourself on this. You want to just take action and have experience to really know. There is no value of this for the world. And that's the challenge. Yet this is the most valuable thing for you, the soul. to take the time and meditation to love God and allow God to love you is the most valuable thing you can do for you, the real you.